welcome to the Soul Revival Church Podcast. My name is Melissa Poisel, and my husband TJ and I are the lead pastors here at Soul Revival. Thank you so much for listening in. We pray that today's message is encouraging and inspiring. Man, it's good to be together in the house of the Lord. God's word says, God, God's promises that he inhabits the praises of his people. So when we come together and we worship him and we praise him and we give him all of the glory and all of the honor that he is due, that feeling of his presence, he's always here, but the awareness of his presence, of him coming close to his people, to our hearts, it's palpable, isn't it? You can feel it. It's so awesome to be in the house of the Lord. I don't say that lightly this morning. So welcome, my name is Melissa. My husband TJ and I are the lead pastors here at Soul Revival Church. And if it's your first time, we wanna say a special welcome to you this morning. Um, You have joined us in the middle of our summer series called Summer Mixtape. And you would think we're going through songs, but we're not. You choose the tracks of our summer mixtape of this playlist. And that means that you choose the topics for the morning. And we've gone through a lot of awesome ones. Basically, it's the things that you want to learn more about, the things, the ways that you want to grow in your faith, the questions that you might have. So we've been diving into some of those things. This morning, the topic is worship. Worship. What is worship? Some of us, if we're being truly honest and transparent, which that's what we're about here at Soul Revival Church, we would say, you know what, I don't really know what worship is. I come in on a Sunday morning and you tell me to stand and worship, so I stand and I sing and that's what worship is. Some of us may say, you know, I know what worship is. Worship is that genre, that category of music on my Apple playlist, not anything else, guys. I hear someone, someone listens to Pandora and I was like, is that still around? Anyways, side note. It's a category of worship, right? Worship is the songs that we sing that connect us to the heart of God. Worship is the kind of music that we put on when we want to build up our faith, when we want to feel better in our day. Maybe we're having a hard day, and worship is the music that we choose to try to bring comfort and peace. Now, I wouldn't argue with you. I would say that that is a part of worship. That's a small expression of what worship actually is. But it's just a small part of worship. I want to zoom out today, or I guess I want to dive deeper in and look at what true biblical worship actually is. So the title track of today's message is behind the music, behind the music. Anyone remember VH1, behind the music? Okay, I'm not the only one. I was like, yeah, that's an awesome title. Anyways, <laughs> I'm just patting my own back. <laughs> oh. So I wanna look at what true worship is. Now the English definition in the dictionary of worship is something that we would ascribe value or ascribe worth to, something or someone that we would ascribe value 
are worth to. And I think that's a really great starting place for our definition of worship. What do we ascribe value to? But what about true biblical worship? Now, if we were created by God, called by God to worship our God, then wouldn't it make sense that if we don't understand what worship is, what it actually means, that we would go to the source, that we would go to God's word and that we would ask him, God, what does it mean to worship you? My heart's desire is to worship you. I know that that's something in me for you. So what does that mean? What does that look like? We're going to be in God's word this morning in Romans chapter 12, verses 1 and 2. And I'm actually going to read it from the Passion Translation. And you might be wondering, like, what in the world are, like, what's up with all these translations of the Bible, right? I want to assure you that it is still scripture. It is still truth. It is still the Bible, the word of God. However... There's different translations from different times where it was put in your culture and your time periods vernacular. The NLT version is a great starting place. And if you're actually in the Bible app, you can toggle between these translations really easily. The ESV version translation is the one that's most closely transcribed from the original text word for word. The Passion Translation, I think, is for feelers like me, where I want to just, I want to feel all the things, and it's a more poetic translation, so just bear with me. This is the translation I'm going to be reading from this morning. It says, beloved friends, what should be our proper response? Everyone say response. There you go. You're waking up. To God's marvelous mercies, to surrender. Everyone say surrender. To surrender yourselves to God, to be his sacred, living sacrifices. Everyone say sacrifices. And live in holiness, experiencing all that delights his heart. For this becomes your genuine expression of worship. Stop imitating the ideals and the opinions of the culture around you, but be inwardly transformed by the Holy Spirit through a total reformation of how you think. This will empower you to discern God's will as you live a beautiful life, satisfying and perfect in his eyes. Will you join me in prayer? God, I thank you that you are in our midst I thank you for your word and the way that you would help us to understand what it looks like to worship you because our heart is to give you all of the glory and all of the honor and all of the praise that you are due this morning. I pray that you would help me to get out of the way this morning and that you would speak and that you would move and that our hearts would be open and receptive to what you have to say, the word you have for every one of us today and that we would leave here changed and transformed by the power of your Holy Spirit. I pray this in Jesus' name, amen, amen. Okay, you're probably wondering, what in the world are all these tables doing up here? 
all this stuff that I don't normally have, and we'll see if I can do this one-handed. I want you to imagine with me for a minute that this tabletop is your heart. This represents the clean slate of your heart. And I'm actually, I want to see what would it look like if we laid out the contents of your heart this morning. Maybe you would say, you know what, I'm, I'm a super Christian, I'm really holy, and I would say the first thing that I give my heart to every day and in my life is God, right? So we're going to put him on there first, and we're going to pat ourselves on the back because we did good. God's the first thing. And then as you think about it, now this is no random order. You want to know how I did this? I went through my house with bags, and I pulled random things, and I said, that'll do. <laughs> so maybe the next thing is, oh, my boys, an old picture, it's your family. You would say, yeah, my, my family takes up a good space in my heart, in my life, in my thoughts. Oh, I have my planner here. This represents our schedules. Man, we are busy, aren't we? So many of us have a lot going on. And if we have a family and if we have kids, we know that this fills up not with our own stuff, but with our kids' stuff, which is why my kids are into sports. <laughs> so a lot of my time and a lot of my life goes into all of the sports and the things that my kids play. This could represent some, some adults too, like maybe you have hobbies and interests. With my kids also comes school. And actually, TJ and I are going back to school to get our master's degree, so this also represents us. <laughs> so school, that's gonna take up, wow, that's gonna take up a lot of time and space in my heart. Got my computer. Man, this is my workload. <sighs> my career, all the things that I know I have to get done. Let's see. Well, I have to have fun too, so we go to some games. We invest into some extracurricular activities. Oh, oh yes. My marriage, the most important relationship. That's gonna take up some space in my heart. Um, let's see. Oh. Got TJ's little award here that he won for work. Let this represent our goals, our dreams, maybe even our failures, the things that we have that we hope to obtain in our life. What we listen to, the things that we put into our mind and our heart and our life, what we read. Man, that's a lot of stuff, right? Social media, friendships, games, all the things that we occupy our time with are represented by this phone here. Oh, you know what? I'm a servant leader too. I serve at church on Sunday morning. That's a huge part of my life. I know that that's something God's called me to, so I'm going to put that right there. 
Oh, my kids, all their stuff, all their awards. Oh, I stole this from my children. A piggy bank. Man, how many people know that our finances take up so much of our attention and our time and our energy, whether we have them or we don't? Our finances are a huge part of our life. Netflix, anyone? I will sacrifice sleep to binge watch some Netflix. So this is little, but wow, it takes up a lot of space. If I could bring my TV, that would have been represented here. Oh, and then we gotta be healthy. We've gotta be able to take care of ourselves, right? We have so many people depending on us. We wanna be good stewards of what we have. We wanna work out every day. I don't, can you tell this is like a workout for me? <laughs> I'm struggling. Okay, anyone get some donuts this morning? Now this, this represents food. And you might think that's a strange thing to put out when I put the contents of my life on a table. But whether we have a good relationship with food or an unhealthy relationship with food, how many people know that it occupies a lot more time and space and thoughts and heart than we realize sometimes? Even when we're trying to be good, meal planning is exhausting. Mirror. Our self-image. Man, that takes up a lot of space, doesn't it? Maintaining the image that we put out there to the world. Maybe it's not even maintaining it, but maybe it's the thoughts and the fears and the striving for other people's approval and affirmation. I'm almost done, and I don't even feel like I have space for this. But how we spend our money, how we spend our money. For our family, um, Nike takes a lot of it. They get a good amount of our business. <laughs> um, Amazon, I have a problem. In my defense, it's really easy to just buy like toothpaste if I think I need toothpaste. And then I have like random boxes coming every day. I'm like, it was only like $2 a day. For, then they ship it in individual boxes anyways. Whew. All the things. And you can probably think of so many more things that, that occupy your time and your finances and your attention, right? It's exhausting. It's exhausting. When you imagine the contents of your life and your heart laid out on this table, what do you see? Clutter? Chaos? What do you feel? Clutter? Chaos? Anxiety? Stress, overwhelmed, I don't know how many times my personal prayer request has been, I just really wanna figure out how to balance everything. I want a healthy balance to the things in my life on my plate that matter, right? But here's the thing, everything that is laid out here, these are the things that I would say are worth it to me. 
If I was to truly just put out the contents of my life, you would see what I value the most by where I'm putting all my time, by where I'm putting all of my energy, by where I'm putting my finances. You would see what I value, what's worth it, what's worth the sacrifice to me. And here's the question that I, I want to get at this morning. And it comes from a verse in the Bible. It says, what is the greatest commandment? Is to love the Lord your God with all of your heart, with all of your soul, and with all of your mind. To love the Lord your God with all of it. And if this represents my heart, laid out before you. Where is God? Does he just have a piece of your heart? Or does he have the entire thing? How many things in our life, in your life, in my life, are vying for our attention and our affection and our heart? Our hearts are pulled in a million different ways on any given day. So how do we stay true to that verse, that commandment that God gave us to love the Lord your God with all of your heart, with all of your soul, with all of your mind? And it led me to, God led me to this question. As I was typing up my sermon and I was praying, God, what is it? What is worship? What does that look like to you? I typed out this question on a blank screen and sat there and wept. Speechless. You want to know the question? What is God worth to you? What is God worth to you? Worship, true worship will reflect, our lives will reflect what we value the most and how much God is really worth to us. See, worship is, is not about what we can get from God. And in his goodness and in his grace and in his power, we can get that so confused, can't we? If we limit worship to an expression of music and when we're singing and when we come to church and we meet God and we have an encounter with him as we worship, we think, wow, this feels good. And we can so quickly be misled into thinking that worship is for our benefit. No, worship is about God, is for God, and that's it. And that's it. It's our response to what he's already done, what he's already given. It's not about what we can get from him, how we can be filled up to go through our week. Worship is not about what we get, but it's about how much we're willing to give. And that will depend on how much you believe he is worth it 
to you? How much is God worth to you? See, I wanna, I wanna come at it from a different angle this morning. Because I was saying, God, yeah, how much are you worth to me? What does that look like? And I felt heavy on my heart this question, do you know what you're worth to me? So I wanna break that down this morning. I wanna remind you to let you know what you're worth to him. See, sin, when it entered into the world, it separated us from God. And God saw our brokenness and he saw how far we were from him. And it was in his love for his children that he said, no, I I need to do something. And so he made this sacrifice. You know the verse, for God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son, that whoever believes in him would not perish but have everlasting life. God sacrificed his son Jesus in order to reconcile our hearts to his in order to give us eternity with him in heaven, in order to give us relationship here and now. That's what we're worth to God. Jesus coming down fully man and fully God and saying, you know what? I I know that I need to surrender to the will of my father because it's gonna bring reconciliation and his love for you is what led him to the cross. He saw our brokenness, he took it on. Every mistake that we would ever make, he carried it on his back. He was beaten and abused and spit on and ridiculed and mocked. And all the while, his heart cried out, they are worth it. They are worth it, you are worth it that. He carried his own cross to his own crucifixion, unjustly so. He knew he was innocent. He was perfect and blameless and holy. And as he's carrying his cross with a crown of thorns in his head, his heart was beating for you and for me, and it was saying, they're worth it. They're worth it. They're worth my surrender to the Father's will. They're worth my sacrifice. As the nails went into his hands and his feet and the cross went up and slammed into the ground and gravity and his weight pulled at his body in excruciating pain. You know what, his heart was beating for it, was for you and for me. Your name was going through his mind. You are worth it. You are worth it. It was his love poured out for every one of us that led him to surrender and to sacrifice, to lay down his entire life to take on the penalty of our sins and our mistakes so that we can have a relationship with God. That is what you are worth to him. Surrender, sacrifice. I wonder, is he worth 
our surrender? Is he worth our sacrifice? And that's the question this morning. What is God worth to you? What is he worth to you? Because see, that's true worship. Laying down our life in surrender, being willing to sacrifice our will for his. Beloved friends, what should be our proper response to God's marvelous mercies? To surrender yourselves to God, to be his sacred living sacrifices and live in holiness, experiencing all that delights his heart. For this becomes your genuine expression of worship. Hebrews 12, 28 says it this way, since we are receiving our rights to an unshakable kingdom, this is because of what Jesus did for you and for me, we should be extremely thankful and offer God our purest worship that delights his heart as we lay down our lives in absolute surrender, filled with awe because of the gift of his love and his mercy. For our God is a holy, devouring fire. Worship expresses to God what he is truly worth to us. Worship is so much more than the songs that we sing on a Sunday morning. It's so much more than the songs you put on as you clean your house or drive to work. When we worship God, the expression of our worship to him is seen in our entire lives. We worship God with our entire heart. We worship God with our entire being, our life laid down. See, it was out of his love for you and for me, for every one of us, that caused Jesus to surrender to God's will and to lay down his life as a sacrifice for you and for me. It was his surrender and his sacrifice that showed just how much we were worth to his heart. For when the time was right, the anointed one came and died to demonstrate his love for sinners who are entirely helpless, weak and powerless to save themselves. Now, would anyone dare to die for the sake of a wicked person? Probably not. We can all understand maybe if someone was willing to die for a truly noble person, but Christ proved his love, God's passionate love for us by dying in our place while we were still lost, while we were still ungodly. Before we ever chose him, he chose us. Before we ever loved him, he loved us. Before we ever had the opportunity to lay down our lives and surrender to him as the king in our life, he laid down his life for us. So it's in our surrender to God's will above ours. It's in our lives laid down that our love then is poured out in worship 
through the way that we live our life. This is how we show just how much God is worth to us. We respond by worshiping because of what he's already done. If Jesus has never done another thing, if he never did another thing for you or for me, he's already done more than enough. It's by his grace and his goodness that we still get to experience his blessings and his generosity and his kindness. But we have reason enough already in his sacrifice, in the salvation that we have through Jesus to pour out our praise, to give our lives surrendered to the Father. It's not about what we get. It's about what we're willing to give. Can I have the worship team come up as I'm closing? In English, if you remember, I said that the de definition in the dictionary, it says that it's, it's what we ascribe worth or value to. So if we say we worship God, then we're saying we're gonna ascribe worship or value to him. But in the Bible, in the, the Greek and the Hebrew words that were used for worship, the literal translation of those words is to bow down low or to lie prostrate before the Lord. It's a position of humility. It's a position, a posture, both physically and in our heart of surrender. Surrender and sacrifice. See, God is a jealous God. And that's not a scary thing. That just means he loves you so much. And he's not gonna be satisfied to have just a piece of your heart. God wants your entire heart. He wants all of our heart. He wants all of our affections. He wants all of our adoration. He deserves all of our heart. Now, what does that mean? Does that mean that we have to give up everything we can't just clear our schedule. We can't get rid of our kids. No, of course not. It doesn't mean that we have to give up all of the things. But it does mean that if he's really worth it to us and our lives are surrendered to him, well, it means that we might have to be willing to sacrifice some things, to lay down some things. See, if God, if he has our entire heart, if this is the starting place, we say, God, you're worth it to me. I give you my whole life. I give you my whole heart, all of my affections and all of my adoration and all of my worship. God, I want that. I want my life to show how much I value you and your sacrifice and what you've done for me. That there was no way I could possibly bridge that divide between myself and God and you stepped in and you paid it all 
I was bought at a price. And you were willing to do it for me. It's then looking at all of the stuff, all of the things, our goals, our dreams. And we bring it to the Lord and we say, you know, because you have my heart, I want what you want for my life. I'm gonna surrender it. I'm gonna bring it under the authority of God. I'm not gonna live for myself. I'm not gonna try to do things my own way. You are the king of my heart. You have it all. And so I give you my dreams and my accomplishments and my failures, my successes. God, I want what you want for my life. It's looking at our schedules, our plans, the things that vie for our attention and our heart day in and day out. And it's saying, God, what do you want me to do? Where do I need to clear my schedule? What does that look like in my life? If my schedule was surrendered to your will and not my own. And it's taking all of our relationships, our family, our friends, our children, our spouses, our marriage, and we said, God, how does it look if I surrendered these relationships, these friendships? What would that look like? What do you want to do through these relationships in my life? They're yours. How do you get the glory? How do you get the honor through the things that I do? the relationships I have, the hobbies, my kids' hobbies. I don't play basketball. Man, one of the things I'll tell you, just being completely transparent, you might think we're bad parents. We've told our boys, we want you to play sports. We want you involved. We want that for you. But you know what? God comes first. If there are games, if there are practices on a Sunday when it's church, I'm sorry, bud, you're not gonna get to go. It's not because we're mean. It's because we want what God wants for our children. And we want them to know that God is our authority, that he is the king over all. And you know what we tell our son, Matthew, he's really into basketball. We tell him, we plant this seed in him all the time. How does God want to use that talent that he's given you to bring him glory? Where is he going to take you with your talents and your passions and your aspirations that would cause his light to be known, him to be seen in the darkness? What friendships will come where you can bear fruit and be a light? Our work, sometimes we don't even realize that God cares about our work. We think it's just punching the clock. But he said, no, I want that too. I've got things for you to do there. I've got people that I want you to witness to. People that I want you to pray for. And when you have success and when you get accolades, I want them to know that it's by my grace. It's by the talents I've given you so that I would get the glory. And we begin to take everything that has been 
vying for our heart, vying for our attention, and we decide to say, God, no more. My life is laid down before you. You are king over all. I'm tired of feeling the burden and the stress of doing it my way, of not knowing where to put my time and my attention. He says, give it all to me. Lay it all down. I paid it all for you. Our finances, the way we spend our money, he cares about every detail, every detail. He wants your heart. It's always been about your heart. If you look throughout the word of God, you will see that God cares more about your heart than anything you could ever do, anything you could ever say. He cares about your heart. And this is our worship. This is how our lives express how much God means to us. We leave nothing else on the table, but we bring it all before the Lord in surrender because he's worth it. He's worth it. And we do it not out of an obligation. When we really look at our Father and see his love for us, that he would sacrifice his one and only son to have relationship with us. When we look at the love that led him, Jesus, to the cross, how can we not respond with the same kind of love that says, you did that for me, so I give it all back to you. It was yours to begin with. It was yours, it's always been yours. And this is what worship is surrender and sacrifice. Now I know I said it's so much more than the music we sing, but worship through music is still an expression of our worship, of our value, our love for God. And so we wanted to make some time this morning to sit in the presence of God because when you really have your eyes opened up to the presence of God here in this place and your heart is ready and willing to hear from him, I believe that he can speak to your heart in ways that I could never, I could never. And the reality is, is that he is here. And I've been praying, our team has been praying that we would all come in with a ready heart, open to what he would do and speak, aware of his presence, aware that he is here and he wants to meet us at the altar this morning. So we wanna give you this time and this space. It's just a couple songs. 
I encourage you, let everything else fall away. Whatever you have going on right after church, the things that are on your calendar, the stresses, the anxiety, the things that you came in with, bring it to the feet of your Father in surrender and sacrifice this morning. Let everything else fall away and tune your heart into the, the voice of God. And that might look like being a little bit courageous this morning. Because what I'm gonna ask you to do is to obey the Holy Spirit's prompting this morning. As we worship, as we surrender our lives, this place up here is an altar for you to come, to meet with him, just you and him. And I encourage you to make a physical move this morning, whatever that looks like for you. When God is asking you and prompting you and you know that there's things that he's saying, you gotta lay that down. You've gotta let that go. You've gotta surrender that to me. If you know what it is, obey the prompting. It could be raising your hand, the universal sign of surrender, right? Opening up your palms. God, I give it to you. It can be actually moving from your seat and kneeling down in the presence of God because he will meet you there. The Bible says that God opposes the proud, but he comes close to the humble. Surrender is humility, isn't it? It's really hard to be proud and to take things on and get all the credit and all the glory when we are down on our knees, hands lifted high and saying, God, it's yours. My whole life, my whole heart, do with it what you will. And where we don't want what you want, you know what, we can pray that we want what he wants. And that's part of our surrender. So I invite you into this time of worship this morning and I'm gonna pray over this space and this time and every one of your hearts. And then as we sing the song, move, allow the spirit to move you towards surrender. Even if it's trembling towards surrender, move, move. God, I thank you for your presence this morning. I thank you for your love poured out for us. God, I pray that you would give us the strength and the courage to not just hear your voice today, but to respond to your voice this morning. And that when you look around this room, you would see life after life and heart after heart laid out before you in surrender, in sacrifice, because you are worth it. You are worth all of the glory and all of the honor and all of the praise. I surrender all because you paid it all for me. Thank you, Jesus. 
And it's in your holy name that we pray. Amen. Thank you for joining Soul Revival Church Podcast. Please subscribe, rate, and review us to help reach more people with the hope and love of Jesus. If you would like to support our ministry, you can visit us online at www.soulrevival.church.